and welcome to Author Chats, the Quarto Group's exclusive podcast for enlightening conversations with authors, editors, illustrators, and more. I'm your host, Mel Shewitt, and today I'm super excited to talk to Christopher Kaur. Christopher is the author-illustrator of many acclaimed and award-winning books, many of which we've had the privilege of publishing here at Quarto. Today, Christopher is here to talk about his adaptation of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Fir Tree. Deep in the forest, there lived a beautiful fir tree who longed to see the world. When the tree is taken to town at Christmas, it feels like all his dreams have come true. But what will happen the day after Christmas? Find out in this beautifully illustrated modern retelling of Anderson's festive tale, illustrated by Christopher Kaur. Christopher Core. I'm, I'm an artist and illustrator. I teach at a university in London. Um, I live in London. I was born in London, but I love to travel. That's kind of my passion, really, seeing the world. Um, and I've recently illustrated The Little Fir Tree, which is um, a story by Hans Christian Andersen that I've, I think I've updated it. You have, which actually kind of brings me to my first question for you. Um, why did you decide to adapt this story, and what did you think that you, as an illustrator, could bring to the story? Um, well, I, I love the I love the kind of basis of the story, but I I just I, I think it's the original story is so sad and mm-hmm. so so gloomy and hopeless, and I'm an optimist, and I. I don't know if Hans Christian Andersen knew all that we know about trees today, but scientists and tree lovers have discovered so much about the way they protect one another and they they speak to one another. And and it's the story. I suppose the story I wanted to make the story a kind of love story about trees and the forest and nature, and show how much I kind of love the world of nature, how I think it's so precious and must be saved, must be preserved. Yeah, so did you do a lot of research for this book? I, I did some research, um, and I'm, I, 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 I'm interested in trees and forestry, and, um, you know, the, 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 the rec- the, there have been very recent studies that have shown how um, trees communicate underground to one another, and they will feed one another. They pass through their roots, nourishment that they maybe a, a poorly tree needs, and I just think that's so fantastic. Um, and it and it was so nice to kind of show how nature is kind of all protective, and um, you know, Mother Nature is a, is is a wonderful being, I think, and um, you know, she she kind of will save us if you know if we don't do it ourselves. <laughs> um. Sort of back to my first question, I would love to know how you found this. Have you known about this story for a long time? I can't say that I knew this story. I'm familiar with Hans Christian Andersen, but I don't think yeah. I knew about the little fir tree. Well, yeah, I knew the story, um, but it, it isn't. I think because it's such a depressing story, his story is, you know, if anyone doesn't know it, you know, the little fir tree 
is so eager to grow up and to become a big tree and to be important in the world. And everyone else is saying, hold on, just enjoy your time. You know, you, you'll, you'll grow up soon enough. And he just can't wait. And he's finally, he becomes a Christmas tree and then he's thrown out and that's it. He's gone. And um, I just thought, well, you know, trees, they, they recycle themselves. They, you know, the cones make for new trees so, I mean, the, the, the seeds of the story were there, but Hans Christian Andersen didn't play on them. I think he must have been quite depressed that, that, that time he wrote it. Um, I mean, I would say that about most of his stories. They're, they're pretty sad. They are, they're sad, but there's, always, there's often so, there's redemption. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he wrote um, The Little Fir Tree the same year he wrote um, The Snow Queen. And that's so much about love and friendship and you know, really putting yourself into difficulty to, um, you know, to help your friend. So, you know, and ultimately, you know, it's it's a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story. No matter how sad it is, it it does have that beautiful sort of hopeful ending. I think you gave it a much more hopeful ending, which I always appreciate. (laughs) Um, You've been, you have a lot of books out. You've been working specifically with Quarto for a while now. So I would love to know a little bit about, you know, how your relationship with your editors have changed, maybe how um, the way you create your books has evolved. Um, Well, uh, yeah, they're they're a wonderful team to work with. Um, I I really, I really love my editors. um, And they, you know, they really, they really helped me because I'm, I, I've written a couple of books with them and I, I, I don't see myself as a writer, but um, I, I think I'm much more of a visual image maker. Um, but they kind of nurtured me. So um, you know, I said, so long as you're prepared to edit hard, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and they did. Um, so, um, and, and I, I love stories about the forest really. Um, uh, Deep in the Woods was the first book I made for them, which is an old Russian story um, set in a forest. And um, they they said, well, you know, you know the story, write the story. Um, I'd made some drawings for what I wanted to do. And they just said, yep, these are good. We'll work with it. <laughs> That's very so, interesting. Have you found that your pro- like your illustration process, like the technique has evolved? Um, I suppose, I suppose, yeah, colour is, colour is so important and it's something that's kind of developed as I've, the more I do, um, the more I travel. I mean, I think I went, I went to India and I, I discovered colour for the first time. It's, um, it it, it doesn't really exist in any other place in the world. No, that's not true. But, um, no, it's an exuberantly colourful country and, um, I, I went there to travel and paint and I just couldn't believe the colors I saw. And that really affected my color sense. So and color is so joyful. Yeah. While we're talking about color, um, I told you before we started recording that I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And I know you use a very oh. special extra color in your books. And that's how you get them so vibrant. So tell us everything about how you get those extra colors. Well, in the little fir tree, uh, it's that orange, right? Yeah, it's a fluorescent color, which really lifts the lifts the colors uh, when it's sensitively um, pr- printed. We, we, it, it can be quite tricky to to get the right um, tones, and um, you know, we, we in one book we had to work really hard to 
to, to kind of make it work. But um, for this book and for um, uh, Deep in the Woods, it, 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 it worked well. Uh, but I just, I just love the way it, it, kind of, it kind of takes it into a dream world and kind of sings, really. I would definitely agree. Is oh, there um, is that something you had to sort of negotiate with your editors? Like, did you come in knowing you wanted to have this extra color? It's something I use in my work, and they said, "Well, we're not sure we can get it, um, but we'll try." So, no, I, I often paint with fluorescent colors, uh, which are a nightmare for printers. Printers hate them <laughs> yeah. because they're so wild, and they just they have to use a, a special ink. Um, and it is, you have to be much more sensitive about the color balance. So it's not easy, but, um, you know, when it works, it, it's great. Yeah. So technically you are the author of The Great Race, which came out, I believe, last year. So I would love to know a little bit more about how you, um, how your process differs between um, writing and illustrating a book versus illustrating a book. And it seems like you tend to find a lot of inspiration in stories that already exist, which is very interesting. Yes. I like folk stories. I like folk art. Um, and I, I look, I look at stories. You know, I, I, I've always looked, I think I've been fascinated by stories from around the world. Um, you know, sometimes they're completely strange and bizarre. And other times they're just so like our own stories. Um, so I think I'm, I'm interested in looking around at other cultures and looking at our similarities and our differences. Um, and, and, and the great race, and everybody knows about the Chinese horoscopes, but I don't think that many people know about the story. You know, and it, it's a really ancient Buddhist story. Um, so I just thought it'd be great to, to kind of revive it. Um, and it has lots of animals. I really like painting animals. Um, I think I see them as my brothers and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, it was it was a, it was a, it was a, a good opportunity to kind of bring bring back a you know a, a story that I think it's important to know really. So, how does your process work then? Do you sort of come across a story and decide this is the one that I want to illustrate? Or do people introduce the stories to you? How do you find new stories to tell? Um, if I'm working, if I'm working with a writer, um, normally they introduce stories to me. But um, I'm, I'm kind of always looking for stories um, and thinking about themes that I'm interested in that I'd like to make a book about. And there are a few that I hope will happen one day. Um, but you know, it's it's a. It, Working, I've worked with some anthologists, and they're just magicians for stories. Really, they know so many. I don't know, you know I don't have half the um, knowledge that they have. But I'm, 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 I love books, and I like searching for books and searching for stories. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on now? Um, I've just finished a project with Quarto. It'll be published next August, and it's a book about uh, celebrations uh, from around the world. So, um, we and it's a running seasonally through the year, looking at all kinds of kind of festivals and feasts, and um, you know, some of them are religious, some of them are environmental, um, some are just crazy. Uh, <laughs> And it's a, it's, a, it's a big book, um, and, and we've covered most places. 
Yeah, I've, I've had the privilege of taking a look at some of like the early sketches. What kind of research did you do for that book? Because the festivals that are depicted are rooted in actual festivals that happen. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I think it's something I think I've always been fascinated by. And when I travel to places, um, I'm always looking out for things to see. And um, it, probably, it probably did start in India, I think, where there seemed to be about 400 festivals every day. Um, and a lot of them are very colourful and, and and quite difficult to understand. Um, you know, this is... We're having a festival today. This is where uh, Lord Krishna, the blue god, dipped his toe or something. And, you know, there's a place full of temples and everyone's blue. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I like that kind of you know, wild fun, I suppose. And it was great to put them all together. Do you get the chance to travel a lot? I try to. I mean, um, I work for myself, so um, apart from my teaching commitments, which are not so great, <laughs> I, um, I, I kind of take off when I can, really. That's wonderful. Um, I think I have just one last question for you, and it's a question that I'm asking everyone who stops by and chats with me on the podcast. Uh, many of our listeners are librarians, and uh, I would love to let them know if you can remember what the first book you checked out of the library was, and what does it mean to you to now have your books in local libraries? Well, let's see. I love libraries. Um, and in London, we're re- we have some fantastic libraries. Um, I remember going to the library for the first time when I was about five and being told I could take out six books, which was amazing. <laughs> and the choice was incredible. And, and I just, I, I, I could hardly focus. It was so exciting. Um, and I remember taking out some Miroslav Sajek books about travel. Like this is Dublin or this is New York. Or, and I've still got, the books I bought them since I didn't steal them, um, <laughs> but no, I, I I still go to the library. But I've got I've got a huge collection of books myself. I, I adore books, um, and my family too. We we we're all book crazy. So uh, when I go and see my brothers and sisters, um, you know, we're, we're always surrounded by books. It's quite funny. So I think books are fantastic, and libraries are so precious. And librarians do an amazing job. Um. And it's so good that you're promoting them on your wonderful pod. (laughs) Thank you. We agree. Thank you so much for listening to Author Chats. The Little Fir Tree is available worldwide, so please visit your local bookstore, library, or forest to find a copy for you and your readers. Special thanks to Scott Holmes for our theme music.